0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. Good morning, Ritman Grace, Brother Church. My name is Clark, and I am uh, one of the leaders on our staff. If I haven't met you, as I always like to say, I would love to meet you. I would love to meet your family and get to know you a little bit out in the lobby after service. So feel free to stick around. You don't have to take off right afterwards. I'd love to just hang out with you. love to meet you. And if we have met, I would love to just catch up and just see how things are going with you, see how things are going with your family, with work and whatnot. So feel free to just uh, stick around a little bit. I'm excited because we are going to kick off a brand new sermon series today. It is called Wise Up, as you can tell from the screen behind me. Uh, we're going to be doing a six-week study in the book of Proverbs. That's that book of the Bible. It's kind of in the middle of our Bibles. Um, basically, I like to have a uh, goal or a purpose when we begin uh, a new series. And I guess you could say the goal or the purpose of this sermon series in a nutshell is uh, basically we want to ask ourselves this one question throughout the entire series. And the question is this, what does it look like to live a life that is marked by wisdom? That's the question we want to ask. What does it look like to live a life that is marked by wisdom? Uh, Fortunately for us, the Bible has a lot to say about the topic of wisdom, uh, specifically in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. So here's why this series, I think, is going to be so important. This is why I think today's message is going to be uh, so important. Uh, Here's why I think the next 30 minutes are going to be worth your time. Because a lack of wisdom is costing us in our day-to-day decision-making. A lack of wisdom is costing us in our day-to-day decision-making, whether that's relationally, financially, professionally, spiritually, relationally, uh, decision-making, Uh, Within our marriages, within our parenting, within our friendships, lack of wisdom is costing us. It's also costing us financially. Uh, Lack of wisdom with the things that we purchase, the debt that we can accrue throughout our lives, lack of wisdom can cost us financially. It can also cost us professionally in the workplace. Lack of wisdom, my goodness, that can cost us professionally as well. It can also cost us spiritually. It can. It can cost us spiritually. Lack of wisdom can certainly affect the way that you share the gospel with people who are not Christians. And my guess is, if I were to double-click on your life, lack of wisdom in at least one of these areas has probably had a strong impact on your life, and my guess is probably the lives around you as well. So there is a lot at stake, I believe, with this conversation around wisdom. And my hope is I can speak into this topic of wisdom in a healthy way throughout this series together. Lack of wisdom has the ability to short-circuit our sanctification in Christ. We can become paralyzed in spiritual growth if we lack wisdom. But even if you have no religious footing whatsoever, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, which I understand that there might be some here today or maybe some watching online, perhaps, that are Jesus, uh, wisdom, I believe, is still the answer to most of our problems. And I would submit to you that... Uh, it's the answer to most of our problems, and the solution is getting wisdom. That's exactly what the Bible is going to tell us, getting wisdom. We need to get wisdom. I think that what we're going to find today and in the ensuing weeks to come is that God desires his people to live lives that are marked by wisdom. Because even if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, it is possible for you to be forgiven but to also be foolish at the same time. Two things can be true at once. We can be forgiven, but we can also be foolish. I can be forgiven in Christ, but I could also not be growing more and more like Christ. So what do you need? The answer is to get wisdom. Proverbs is part of the genre of Scripture called the Wisdom Literature. And the focus of wisdom literature is really asking the question, how do you live wisely? How do you live wisely? What does it look like to live a life that is marked by wisdom? Uh, you might think of these books of the Bible as theologically rooted common sense. Just good advice on how to live life. If you want to w- live a wise life, if you want to live a useful life, an honorable life, you're going to want to know And soak in the book of Proverbs. And here's one reason why I think that we need this book specifically as a church community that is written in Grace Brethren Church. Uh, We need this book of the Bible because it is possible, like I said, to be forgiven, but to be foolish. Uh, Many of us here, we have uh, repented of our sin, we have trusted in Jesus, we've come to enter a relationship with God through Christ, and so our sins are forgiven. But perhaps there's still a great amount of immaturity and foolishness in how we live our lives. So just because we've become a Christian doesn't automatically mean that we've become wise. Wisdom is something that is cultivated over time. And what God wants for his people is for us to get wisdom. He wants us to be a people that are marked by profound wisdom. Uh, The way that we live our lives, he wants that to be a testimony of his grace and his goodness and his glory. And that's why the book of Proverbs is in the Bible. It tells us how to live according to God's will in everyday life. How do we honor God in the way that we talk? How do we honor God in the way that we spend and borrow money? How do we honor God in the way that we run a business? How do we honor God in the way that we spend our free time? Those are some of the very practical everyday things that the book of Proverbs is going to be concerned with. And listen, even if you're not a Christian here this morning, here's why this series is worth you tuning in. Proverbs is one of those books that you really want people to live by. Because if people live by what the book of Proverbs says in the Bible, when you go to buy a car you are guaranteed that the car salesman is going to be honest and fair with you. And that's a good thing, right? If people lived by the book of Proverbs, when you would go to hire someone as an employee, you would be able to rely on them being a hard worker. Someone who's going to put in a good days of work and not take advantage of you. Now, by way of contrast, if you were looking for a job, and if you were seeking an employer, an employer who lives his or her life by the book of Proverbs is somebody who is going to treat you well. Uh, they're going to pay you a fair wage. They're going to respect you, and they're going to appreciate the work that you do. Simply put, Proverbs is a book that portrays life the way that it is meant to be. This is the kind of life that God wants for us. Now, what's really unique about the book of Proverbs is that it is not a book that you preach through from start to finish. We're not going to start in chapter 1 and plow all the way through uh, to chapter 31. But rather, I would uh, encourage you to to read it uh, chapter by chapter on your own time. I'll talk more about that later. But what I'm going to be doing here on the weekends, Sunday mornings, is focusing our time on some of the main themes in the book of Proverbs. The main themes that keep reoccurring throughout the book. Uh, what you're going to see is that there are certain themes and there are certain characters that will continue to appear. And what Proverbs is doing is basically weaving a tapestry of wisdom, and it revolves around these main themes and these types of people. So as we go through this study together, this six-week study in Proverbs, uh, we're going to be focusing our time and our attention on those major themes As you read through Proverbs, if you want to take me up on some of the homework challenges I give at the end of our time together, um, you're going to see those themes begin to, to resurface over and over again as you read through Proverbs. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to start by looking at the theme of wisdom, because that's really the central theme of the entire book of Proverbs, wisdom. We're going to set it up by getting our minds and our hearts around what is wisdom And uh, here are really three questions that I want to answer this morning together. I want to ask ourselves, what is wisdom? Why do I need wisdom? And how do I get wisdom? So wisdom, what is it? Why do I need it? And how do I get it? Those are the three questions we want to ask and answer in our time together this morning. So let's look at that first one together. What is wisdom? Well, let me give you a couple definitions. Uh, One person said this. Wisdom is spiritual depth perception. Wisdom is spiritual depth perception. In other words, wisdom is the ability to discern how things are going to play out. Wisdom is the ability to understand what the consequences of my actions and decisions are going to be. Uh, Basically, it's to live and act in a way that brings about the results of a desired future, the best future. Uh, another definition, I would say, is a really helpful definition, actually, from the ESD study Bible. Uh, Wisdom is the art of godly living. Wisdom is the uh, skill and the art of godly living. Uh, think of somebody who is skilled in what they do. Uh, for example, uh, think of a good carpenter. Think of a good auto mechanic. Think about a good musician. Think about the level of skill that they bring to their craft. I know when I was uh, working at Guitar Center, is a pretty big uh, music, music store, we would oftentimes have a DVD playing on the TVs around the store. And on the DVDs that we'd play, a lot of times it was something called the Chicago Blues Festival. And one of the guitar players that it featured uh, was this guy, John Mayer. Now, you may love John Mayer. You may not prefer John Mayer's music, uh, but there is one thing that is very clear about John Mayer. He is incredibly skilled on the guitar. Everybody who plays guitar would say, this man is uniquely good. And what's so amazing about John Mayer is how the guitar is almost like an extension of him. He could do things with a guitar that basically just leaves you thinking, like, that is incredible. That is unbelievable. Uh, Just an amazing amount of skill as a musician. Now think about wisdom again. Wisdom is that kind of skill in living. As a wise person lives, they just do life well. It's a person where you look at their life and you just say, this person is skilled in the art of godly living. So wisdom, what is it? It is spiritual depth perception. It's skilled in the art of godly living. Let's tackle that second question now. Okay, what is it now? Why do we need it? Why do we need wisdom? Why do I want to pursue this? Why would I give myself to this? Well, look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. Let me just read this section to you. It provides a really helpful explanation as to why we would want wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13, we'll start. says this, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Uh, The word blessed means happy, by the way. That's what the word blessed means. And what it's saying is that the reason that you want wisdom, the reason why you want wisdom is because you want life. What exactly are we talking about? When the Hebrew Bible uses the word blessed, it's talking about a life Of holistic well-being. And there's at least two aspects to a blessed life in the Bible. The first aspect is the idea of being happy or fulfilled. Uh, When the Bible talks about being blessed, it's saying that your life is happy, you're fulfilled. There's a sense of contentment and joy that your life has to it. And notice in that passage that we just read in Proverbs 3, says yields better returns than gold. Nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. You see, it's trying to entice you. It's saying, look, if you want a happy and fulfilled life, you want to pursue wisdom. This is what it's all about. You will have the highest degree of blessing if you cultivate a life of wisdom. But that word blessed in the Bible is not just about your personal fulfillment. The other component is a life that is useful and beneficial to others. It's not just about your own self-interest and your own happiness. It's, a blessed life is also a life that does the greatest good for other people, where you are blessing others. They enjoy knowing you. It's when you're seen as a person who is living a life that is useful to a greater good besides your own personal happiness. So when the Bible says when the Bible says that you want wisdom so that your life will be useful and blessing to others, uh, the word blessed means your life has a design, it has a purpose. and it's fascinating. your life could be useful and beneficial to other people. That's the assumption in the book of Proverbs that what your life is meant to be is useful and beneficial to others. But in our culture, in our culture that we live in, some of the cultural waters that we find ourselves swimming in, what we often hear is this, look, life doesn't have any meaning at all. There's no ultimate purpose or destiny for humanity, so here's what you might as well do. Just live the best life that you can, and you can create your own meaning. Find happiness however you want. Do whatever fulfills you. So that's a really great-sounding idea, but here's the problem with that. It is incredibly naive and foolish, because according to the Scriptures, your life, human beings, we have a different design. We were created by God, and because of that, we are created for a specific end. There is a specific design that God has in mind for human life. So the highest degree of blessing and benefit is going to come out of living in line with what we're designed for. Uh, Just like my 17-month-old son, uh, he thought that it was a good idea to chew up one of our old TV remotes. It was covered and saturated with my one-year-old saliva. And it stopped working. That was the end of that remote. That's because the remote was not designed to endure those kinds of elements. right? 17-month-old saliva. So the remote died, and we had a funeral for it. In the same way, your life has a design. Your life has a design. It is for something. And when you live out of line with, with what that end is, you will not experience a fulfilled and joyful and happy, useful life. So the only way that you can experience blessing, joy, and satisfaction in life is when you live in line with what God has designed human life to be about. And that is what a life of wisdom is designed to create. Wisdom leads to a blessed life. One that is happy, useful, glorifying to God, and a blessing to other people. That's why you want to get wisdom. So... Uh, You will see, especially in the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, it will continue to call you and beckon you and invite you. It basically just says, hey, get wisdom. You cannot live without this. Uh, You need this. You don't want to go through life without cultivating wisdom. So let's answer that final question together and give some application for you. How do I get wisdom? How do I get it? If it's true that wisdom is a blessing, that this is what I was created for, this is how life, I I am to live life in line with God's design, how do I get and cultivate and access wisdom? Let me give you four examples, or excuse me, four answers from the book of Proverbs. Number one, you get wisdom through the fear of the Lord. You get wisdom through the fear of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here's where it all begins. This is where it starts. It begins with the fear of the Lord. What is that? Maybe you're like me and you've heard a lot of sermons and teachings on the fear of God. Uh, people say it's an awe or worshipful reverence for who God is. Uh, let me just keep it simple for you. You just try to boil it down to its irreducible minimum. What are we talking about when we say the fear of God? Uh, Here's what the fear of God means. It means you're afraid of God. That's what that means. You go, you went to seminary for that? Yes, I did. You recognize that God means what he says. God has the power to bring about the blessing or the cursing that he promises. Therefore, because I know that God exists... And I fear his power and his majesty and his holiness. I want to live a life that is reverent, obedient, submissive, and worshipful. That's what the fear of God is. It's not rocket science. It means I'm afraid of God. Not in a shy, avoiding kind of sense, but in a sense that says, man, God is who he says he is. It's a life that recognizes God is God and I am not. Secondly, you get wisdom through the Scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, this is real clear. The Bible says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In other words, the words that God speaks result in knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Wisdom is cultivated by hearing what God has said. It's by cultivating life the life of attentiveness to God's word. And it's the same way in the New Testament. If you consider in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul, he's writing to his young protege, Timothy, and he's telling him, here's why I have confidence in you, Timothy, because from childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation. See, the scripture is the word of God imparted to us. The reason some of us lack wisdom, quite honestly, is because we just don't know what God has said. We just haven't stored it up in our heart that God has spoken long enough to cultivate a life of wisdom. That's why here at Rittman Grace Brethren Church, we are so relentless about reading and studying and honoring the Word of God, the Bible. Uh, You will probably hear in uh, Rich's Sunday School class the same thing, to read the Bible, to study the Bible meditate on the Bible. If you come to Life Group, you hear the exact same thing from me. And that's why we read it out loud during our public worship services because we are trying to cultivate a discipline of reading the Bible together, whether that's Sunday morning Sunday school, Sunday morning service, one-on-one disciple making, or whether that's reading it alone in your living room. Because you need to gain wisdom. And one of the ways that you do that is by paying attention to the Word of God. There's this guy here on Moody Radio sometimes, uh, Pastor James Ford Jr. I love the way that he says it. When you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. When you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. I love that. You see, in our culture, our education system has kind of messed us up with this. We oftentimes read up so that we can pass the exams. And then we forget what we've read. And if you're in school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's read, read, read so that I can pass the exam, get the grades that I need to, and then move on to the next thing. So when we approach the Bible in that same way and there's no exam, when there's no reason, in other words, there's no tomorrow or right now, you're going to need to know this, it feels to you as if it's not that beneficial to read the Word of God the scriptures actually encourage the exact opposite by saying look the way you cultivate a life of wisdom is by soaking your mind in the word of god not because you need it for x but because it's the path the discipline so we have built have to build that uh, countercultural dynamic into our lives that says i don't read the bible so that i can answer my friend's question tomorrow i don't read the bible so that i can pass bible trivia I don't read the Bible so that I can impress people with my knowledge. I cultivate a life with the knowledge of scriptures so that I can live a life of wisdom. Thirdly, you get wisdom through wise counsel. You get wisdom through wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Quite honestly, some of you need to rethink your friendships in light of that verse. What that means is this. If you hang out with people who are foolish, you're going to reap the consequences of that. And by way of contrast, if you walk with the people who are wise, if you cultivate your life by opening yourself up to people who are godly, people who are wise, insightful, and have your best interest in mind, You're going to become wise simply by listening to wise counsel. The bottom line is this. You need to get yourself around wise people. We need people who will speak the truth in love in our lives. And that's why it's so important for us who are from the younger generation. And I include myself in that even though I'm 32 and some people think that's old. It's important for us to tap into some of the crowd of Christian men and women to glean from their wisdom, to glean from their years of experience of walking with Jesus. That's why we encourage disciple-making here at Rittman Grace Brother Church. Uh, many of us just need to to spiritually invest in us. And then by way of contrast, if we're part of that older generation, we need to be looking around to see the younger and up-and-coming generation. And spiritually invest into them. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. Spiritually investing into another person. To disciple another person is simply just to take what is in your cup and to pour it into someone else's. It's sharing your life experience with the Word of God, your relationship with Jesus. That's what it looks like to spiritually invest in another person. In my prayer honestly, is that some of the older gray-haired saints would take a more active role in imparting wisdom to others and seeing the stewardship that God has given to you because there is a huge need for disciple-making and spiritually investing into the next generation. If you're young, you need to seek wisdom. If you're older sure and wise, you need to impart wisdom. And this is also why it's so important to tap into biblical community. And this is expressed in two ways here at Grace Church, through our Sunday morning, Sunday school class, and then also through life groups. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're only coming to worship, uh, it is so awesome that you're here. We love having you here, but you're only getting half of what our church is to offer you. Uh, the other half is going to be found in either Sunday school class or in our life groups. It's a learning community. It's a dynamic of spiritual formation. And that's going to look like older people investing into younger people. That's what it looks like to seek wise counsel. And then fourthly, get it through observation. You get wisdom through observation. Now what am I talking about? Well, Proverbs chapter 24, uh, verses 30 through 34, it says this. I went past the field of a sluggard. Past the of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and this all was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. So let's talk about this a little bit. What is the writer saying here? Uh, He's basically saying this, just to paraphrase. Yeah, I was off for a walk one day, and I saw this vineyard. It was kind of broken down, and it was overgrown. And then I looked, and I learned something from that. I saw the effect that laziness has on your life. You see, a wise person will learn a lot just by paying attention to life and to the mistakes that other people make so that you're cultivating, like we said earlier, Uh, spiritual depth perception. It's saying, oh, I see how that decision turned out in that person's life. I probably don't want to go down that same road myself. Wisdom means you pay attention to life make those kinds of observations. And so what's so unique about Proverbs is that the book of Proverbs just assumes that if you're paying attention to life, that you're going to learn a ton. And you'll cultivate a heart of wisdom. One way this looks in culture is is like this. Uh, Let's just say that you're checking out at Walmart and you see People Magazine and Us Weekly Magazine. One thing that should immediately come to your mind when you see that is, I think people in Hollywood probably aren't that wise about marriage. So maybe I'm not going to learn from them. Maybe they have little to teach me about what a good, lasting, healthy marriage looks like. Because every week, somebody is divorcing someone, someone is having an affair with somebody, right? So if you're observing and you're wise, you're going to go, I don't think those people have a lot to teach me. Maybe instead I'm going to hang out with people who have been married for a long time and made it work. I'm going to learn them how to do marriage. Part of how you get wisdom is attention to life. That's what... Is so important to know is that when we search for wisdom, in the pursuit of wisdom, it ultimately is going to lead to Jesus. Because Jesus was the wisest person who ever lived. If I'm truly cultivating the fear of the Lord, living a life that is submitted to God, if I'm truly paying attention to the word of God, if I'm listening to wise counsel, paying attention to life, those things are going to lead me to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was full of wisdom. He was the wisest human being that ever walked the face of the planet. So I'm going to realize that the height of wisdom, the wisest, most intelligent thing that I can ever do, is to recognize my own foolishness. To recognize that I need to humble myself, I need to submit to Jesus, who alone can make me wise and forgive the folly of my sinfulness. If I'm really pursuing wisdom, it'll take me right to Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Because Jesus is the personification of wisdom. If I have Jesus, if I possess Jesus, if I'm in a relationship with Jesus, that's the richest and wisest thing that I could ever possibly have. And that's why here at Ritman Grace Brother Church and among this community, if you're skeptical of Christianity, if you are somebody who is investigating Jesus Christ, if you're somebody who is wrestling through the claims of the gospel, we're not the kind of church that is going to beat you over the head with the Bible and tell you to hurry up Because we really believe that what the scriptures say, that if you are truly in pursuit of wisdom, God is going to take you right to Jesus. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen next month. It might happen next year. But we want to be the kind of community that we can help facilitate that process in your life and walk along you as well. Because so many of us have found exactly that to be the story of our lives. Let me just challenge you with one other way as well. This is for those of you that are Christ followers. Uh, The fact that you know Jesus doesn't automatically make you wise. And this is the mistake that I think we make. We say, well, if all scripture and wisdom is pointing to Jesus anyway, then look, I have Jesus, so I must be in the wise category, right? Well, not necessarily, because like I said, it's possible to be forgiven and to be foolish, And this is because Scripture says that there are two things that happen in your salvation. The first thing that happens is something that's called justification. You're reconciled to God. Your sins are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. And the righteousness of Christ is credited to you. You're accepted into God's family. That happens the moment that you come to Jesus Christ. But then the Bible assumes that what begins next is something called sanctification. That's the process of growing into the likeness of Christ. Being transformed by God's grace to look more and more like Jesus. This is the gospel-centered life. What the scripture assumes is that if you've come to know Christ, justification, then you're also going to cultivate a life of wisdom. You're going to seek to pursue and to grow and cultivate a knowledge of life in scripture and of God so that you can live a life that's truly wise. And the mistake that so many of us make is that we are just passive in that problem. So the result, if we're Christians and we're foolish, is that it almost kind of kills the witness of the gospel. If you're a Christian or you're immature and you're not cultivating a life of wisdom, you can unintentionally give a false picture of the goodness and the glory of God. What God has designed for you is not only in what you speak, but also in how you live, by the way that you live life. And people might look at that and go, man, that is incredibly wise. This person has skill in life. Where did they get that? How can I get that? Well, as we close our time together, I just want to give you, uh, issue you a homework challenge. A couple of different options for you to read the book of Proverbs, which is 31 chapters... Option one, starting January 10th, that's tomorrow, uh, read a proverb a day for 31 days. Just read a proverb a day for 31 days. Uh, think of it this way. A proverb a day keeps the fool and me away. Right? A proverb a day keeps the fool and me away. In fact, let's say that together right now. A proverb a day keeps the fool and me away. Option two, uh, if you are a techie kind of person, download the Uversion Bible app there is a uh, plan from the Bible project called the Wisdom of Proverbs. And you can search that under plans. And uh, starting tomorrow, January 10th, you can begin a 32-day plan with a friend. All the information about this we'll post on our social media. If you have any other questions, you can come talk to me, and I would love to help you figure that out. Listen, Ritman Grace Brother Church is core values, we talked about how we have a list of core values, uh, things that make up our DNA, Things that make Rittman Grace Brethren Church Rittman Grace Brethren Church. One of the core values listed is the Bible. And here's what we say about that. We say, when life cuts us, we want to bleed God's word. When life cuts us, we want to bleed God's word. We will value its authority and our need to pattern our lives after it. This is a very tangible way in which we can live out that value. So I encourage you to accept that homework challenge. Um, I want to invite the band to come up now, and as they're getting settled in, let me just close with this. God intends that his people would be marked by wisdom, so that the world around us would see exactly that, and that they would desire wisdom as well. And that's why the book of Proverbs is in the Bible. God is saying, if you will cultivate and pursue wisdom, if you will have a life of wisdom, you will have blessing. You will be happy and fulfilled in life. Your life will also be useful to others. It will be a beautiful testimony of the goodness and the grace and the glory of God. That's why it matters that we pursue wisdom. Not because of our own personal benefit, but because God is honored and God is glorified to the fullest extent. And that points people to Christ, who alone can give wisdom. So let me pray, let me ask God that he could make us those kinds of people. Well, Lord, we just want to acknowledge your presence this morning. And God, as we acknowledge your presence, we also just want to acknowledge that all wisdom ultimately derives from you. And God, we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. The Bible says that he uh, grew in wisdom as he got older. He grew in wisdom. And uh, Lord, we can clearly see uh, through Jesus' life, uh, through his you know, teachings in the synagogues, uh, in his dialogues with the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, we can see that there is so much wisdom to be found in Christ. Lord, forgive us for trusting in our own wisdom. Forgive us for our foolishness and for um, us being so naive to think that we don't need to, to seek uh, wisdom or advice from other people, let alone from God, the beholder of wisdom. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would help us um, as we go about our week and in the weeks to come, that as we press our minds down on the book of Proverbs, that we would become a people that are marked by profound wisdom. Not so that we can shine the lights bright on ourselves, but so that we can shine the lights bright on Jesus and we could point people to Christ. I pray this in his name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.ritmangrace.org or email us at ritmangbc at aol.com.